Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time to get out to the Schneider Orange Hotline and bring our guy in from the Pack-A-Day podcast, Andy Herman. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider's hiring drivers right now. For more info, call him 844-PRIDE to go to SchneiderJobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE to go to SchneiderJobs.com. Andy, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we got to start. I've seen that you and a lot of other people have been hyping up fourth-round pick Romeo Dubs in camp. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen up there so far. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly, I mean, it's worth saving here. No pads on yet, still very early. But uh, you would also be remiss to say, or you know, I, I don't remember a rookie in their first two practices um, having the sort of wow plays that Romeo Dobbs had in his first two practices. So uh, he had a couple plays on his first day, one against KB and Ento, which, okay, it's against KB and Ento, but he absolutely goes up. And this is a literal, you know, mossing of KB and Ento. 50-50 ball at best. In fact, I would argue KB and Ento probably had a better shot at it. And Dobbs just goes up and completely, you know, outmuscles him for the ball, comes down with it, keeps his feet in bounds. And that was sort of his first wow play, but had a couple of other really nice plays on day one as well. And then day two comes along, and Matt LaFleur was asked about Dobbs' first day um, before day two of practice, and he said, you know, yeah, anyone can have one good day of practice. It's about putting back-to-back practices together. Well, lo and behold, Dobbs comes out on day two. The first play is just a quick slant. It's like an eight-yard play, ho-hum, no big deal, right? But on this specific play, the ball is right in between Darnell Savage and Romeo Dobbs. It's a ball from Aaron Rodgers. It is another one of those 50-50 balls, and not only is it a 50-50 ball, but both players full speed collide right into each other, yet Romeo Dobbs is the one that comes down with the ball, hangs onto it through contact, hangs onto it through contact with the ground. So that was another impressive play. And then the big one, red zone, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He's got a one-on-one on the outside, Romeo Dobbs versus Eric Stokes. I don't know if this is just based, you know, predicated based on Reed or if Aaron Rodgers is like, all right, kid, let's see what you got sort of thing. But he looks outside, takes one step. Dobbs releases beautifully off of Stokes. Stokes has really good coverage on the play, has the opportunity to, to really bat the ball away. But once again, Dobbs goes up, makes the play, comes down, feet and bounds, gets the touchdown, and then had another touchdown in the red zone activities against uh, Devondre Campbell as well. So it's early. You know, we have no idea what it's going to translate to when the actual pads come on and when teams start you know, actually having a plan against them and things like that. But a, a really impressive start for Romeo Dobbs. Nice. Well, and the other thing with these rookies that it's good to see them out on the field. One guy I'm interested about, I do want to hear how the other rookies have been, but haven't heard anything about Kingsley Inigbari in camp so far. Has he been on the field, and what has he been up to? Because he could end up being a big part of this defense as that third edge rusher. 
Yeah, the third edge rusher is definitely going to be a question mark. So far, Kingsley's been uh, relegated to just the second team. The number three and number four edge rushers have, so far uh, have been Tipa Naliai and Ladarius Hamilton. So we haven't seen a ton of run. Randy Ramsey just got back today in the walkthrough practice, and then we haven't seen a ton of Inigbare yet. Watched a couple snaps of Inigbare. You could even tell just going back to OTAs and minicamp, I don't think this is just going to be a plug-and-play for Enigbari. And I think maybe as the season goes along, he could pick up some things and maybe end up being a player that could get some rotational snaps. But you can just tell he needs to put on some functional strength. He's just going to have to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. I'm not saying, again, that at some point this year he can't compete, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a process for Kingsley. And with all the rookies that we have been hearing about, you know, we'll take a wait-and-see approach uh, with Kingsley. But nothing you know, major to report at this point with him. Yeah, Andy, thanks for coming on as Leroy Butler. Um, when will the offensive line become an issue with so many guys on PUP? Um, of course, David Bottieri, but how can they, the depth of the offensive line, or because so many people looking at the receivers and they just assume that the offensive line will be fine, um, when do you think that will become an issue? Yeah, I'm right there with you. As soon as we sort of found out that David Bakhtiari was once again going on the pup list, and I know there's, you know, cautious optimism, those famous words that we've been hearing over and over that he's going to be ready at some point. But as soon as David Bakhtiari went on pup, you know, in OTAs and mini camps, you're hearing like, all right, they're splitting snaps between Jake Hansen and Cole Van Lanning and Royce Newman and those sort of things, Yash Neishman. All those things you're thinking like, okay, yeah, but once the season comes along, it's going to be David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. So I don't really care about this all that much. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you know Jenkins is probably going to spend some time on the pup list going into the season. You don't know what David Bakhtiari's season is going to bring. And now, all of a sudden, this becomes issue 1A, because if you go into a season with Bakhtiari and John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, whoever you want at right guard, and then Elton Jenkins at right tackle or some form of that, you feel pretty good because you have your two aces in Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the field. If all of a sudden, now your best offensive lineman is John Runyon Jr., who's a nice offensive lineman, but you don't want him being your best number one guy, and then it's Josh Myers, and then you just start going down from there, right? That is a totally different offensive line. So I'm right there with you. I think they're going to have to get this situated. We've already seen Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannan, Zach Tom, a variety of guys, Yash Naishman, sort of rotating through these positions. I don't think Green Bay knows what they have yet. And is, you know, sort of the old adage, if you don't know what you have, you probably have nothing. Um, I think they're going to have to feel this out and just hope that at some point Bakhtiari and Jenkins come back healthy. Yeah, because that, that would be an issue if you can't protect. So, okay, Devontae Adams gone. Okay, fine. Uh, now you're thinking, where are these targets going to go? So tight end position, I'm not real sure if um, – I think Darren Waller still wants a new contract, and I don't know if they'll make a trade for him. But you got to think about a position that can really be valuable if you're able to get any kind of mileage. Because, again, we're they're trying to make up all these targets, 169 targets from when Devontae left. So what about the tight end position? Have you been able to – because I'm a big uh, 84 guy, but, I mean, 81 has to step up and be the guy. 89 is your guy who's going to always be there blocking. But, you know, until 85 comes back, it's wide open. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, there's certain roles that I think are pretty much set, right? As you mentioned, you've got Mercedes Lewis. He's going to be your blocking tight end. You know what that's going to be. It's almost like a sixth offensive lineman yep. out there. It is what it is, but it's, he's fantastic at it, and you'll take what he's giving you every day of the week. I think Josiah DeGuire is going to play that H-back role, you know, line up a little bit in the backfield, move around a little bit, try to get some mismatches, maybe 15, 20 snaps per game. That's probably what you're looking at there. And then you've got kind of that true number one tight end. And to me, I don't think there's much, um, you know, competition here in regards to if Tunyon's healthy, it's going to be Tunyon. And if Tunyon's not healthy, it's going to be Tyler Davis. I don't know that anyone else is really going to get too involved in that conversation unless, like you said, they add somebody at the last minute via a trade or something. Um, but I've been very impressed with Tyler Davis. I'm right there with you. I think uh, he has the future in front of him, whether that's, you know, as a ultimately number three tight end who's getting you 20 catches a season or something like that, or whether he can be more remains to be seen. Uh, but right now, I think it's Mercedes as your blocker, Josiah as your H-back. And then Tyler Davis holds down that number one until Tunyon's ready to come back and play, you know, his full slate of snaps uh, whenever that may be. And don't have Davis in that blocking, man. I don't want to see him blocking. I mean, I don't want to see him on a defensive end. The guy throws him down. I want to see him going up to see him. He's going to be wide open because they're not going to pay him any attention off of play action. Throw him the ball. You need to have a pass-catching exclusive tight end. It's maybe I don't maybe they'll put Lazard in there. I don't know, but I think uh, Toby has another question. Go ahead, Toby. Yeah, talking with Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Looking at Jordan Love so far, have you seen anything that he's shown some growth this season, or what? What have we seen out of Jordan Love so far? Yeah, I was talking to a couple of people on the sideline about that today. It was it was interesting because. You know, after you're done with practice, you kind of go through and you see like, all right, what has everyone else kind of been saying about practice? Because there's 90 players that are out there, at least right now, like 77 with the injuries. And it's really tough to see everything, right? So I go through all like the beat guys and there's nothing really out there. But like a bunch of the rest of Twitter, Packers Twitter was talking of like how Jordan Love had this amazing first day. And I was talking to a couple of guys. I'm like, did you, did you see this? Because I don't remember Jordan Love having an amazing first day. He's been fine. There, but I think the biggest thing that you can say, which I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but he hasn't made any mistakes through three days of practice. Mm-hmm. He looks more in control of the offense. He looks like he knows what he's doing. There hasn't been one play where I can be like, holy cow, Jordan Love had this ridiculous throw. He just came back, planted, and fired a seed down the field. There hasn't been anything like that. The closest thing I can come to it was a bootleg in red zone uh, where he uh, had a really nice play-action fake, bootleg to his left, and then just kind of, uh, it was only like a three-yard pass, but had this beautiful touch pass where he just kind of wafted it right over the defender to the waiting arms, I think, of Tyler Davis in the end zone. Um, but it's just kind of been mostly nondescript, but no mistakes, no interceptions, no turnovers, no anything like that. Um, I was kind of commenting, to me, in his first year, that was basically just like a redshirt year. He didn't do anything. He didn't get a training camp. He didn't get an OTA. He didn't get anything like that. No preseason because of the COVID season. Last year, to me, I know he was sort of masquerading as a number two QB, but he almost he always looked more of like a number three QB to me last year. This is the first time where I've at least been watching him and be like, all right, he has enough command and control of the offense that he at least looks like a number two. Now, whether that's you know the 33rd best quarterback or the 64th best quarterback, I'm not sure yet. That'll remain to be seen. But at least he's starting to show signs that he could be a potential you know backup this season and actually be uh, competent in that role. And how confident does, uh, you know, we heard some cuts from Aaron Rodgers and some of the clips that he talked about at his locker after the first practice. How confident does everyone seem to be that Alan Lazard can step up and be a number one wide receiver this season? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. uh, Well, the quarterback mentioned his name a couple times, Andy. I know. I agree. That's obviously got to be a good sign (laughs) for him, right? That's a good sign. 
he had a really nice first day of practice, too. Uh, him and Dobbs were my top two players of practice on day one. Nice. You could tell that Rodgers was looking to him as the number one. So whether or not he's a like true, you know, quote-unquote number one wide receiver, that can certainly be debatable. Uh, but it certainly seems like he's going to be the de facto number one in this offense when, you know, everyone's out there and healthy. Rodgers is looking his way a ton. He looks good. He looks very well in shape. I know it's like everyone's in the best shape of their life season, but he looks fantastic. He's been making some really good catches. Um, and I don't know, like whether that means he's going to evolve into this incredible number one wide receiver. He's just going to be, you know, good to really good. I, I would lean towards the latter, but he's going to have a big role in this offense. And like I said, I think he's going to be the de facto number one unless, again, something crazy happens where they add somebody at the last minute. Okay, now I got a tough question for you. Okay, because now all three of these guys got extensions, and I'm glad. I've been wanting LaFleur to get an extension a long time ago. They didn't announce any numbers. I don't really care about it. That's rich folks' problem, how much people make. We ain't making it, so I don't really care. As long as they're going to be here. But my question is, Andy, in this kitchen is going to be different because Devontae is gone. You can't serve that anymore. It was fantastic. But I need to create a new meal. Now, how is this going to work? Tom Clemens, Stenovich, the head coach, and Aaron Rodgers. Because we all got to agree this is a new system. Because Aaron, I think, said Devontae had 80% of the playbook. I don't know if that's right. It was just, you know, kind of speaking. In your opinion, how's this going to work? Because remember, Tom Clemens was with um, McCarthy's, So he had to come in and learn this offense and see what's, you know, maybe they'll give him something like passing, third down passing. I don't know. How do you think this is going to work? Or you think, which I think it's going to go, Matt LaFleur finally went on and said to his wife, you know, I'm finally going to get a chance to run my offense and I don't have to worry about forcing it to 17. Yeah, where I would lean on this is they had a really brilliant offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett and a really great quarterback coach in Luke Getze that both got promotions. They replaced both of those guys. And even with the brilliance of Getze and Hackett and deservingly getting promotions on their ends, to me, this is a two-person offensive system, and that's Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And there's always going to be some give and take of what Aaron wants to run, and there's going to be some give and take in what Matt LaFleur wants to run. I'm of the belief that this team is best, and this offense has been at its best, when Matt LaFleur's system is getting run, and Aaron Rodgers is sort of being the point guard, distributing the ball, getting the ball out of his hands, making his checks at the line of scrimmage where need be. To me, that's when it's been his most efficient. I know all the stats out there of like, well, the Packers are 7-0 and and putting 30-some points per game or whatever it is when Devontae Adams is out. I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that this team is better without Devontae Adams, but I think we have seen them be a little bit more you know, judicious in distributing the football and working the mismatches and finding out who can get open on their specific defender. And I think that's where Matt LaFleur and his offense is really brilliant. And I think if we can see more of that this season, and again, Rodgers sort of being that distributor and not just looking to get 20 targets per game for Devontae Adams, I think there can be a way that that works, assuming that the defense is as advertised and the special teams is in a complete unmitigated nightmare, worst special teams of all time. If you get those two things with maybe a slight downtick in the offensive production, I think you have a new recipe for success. And yes, there's different cooks in the kitchen. There's no Devontae Adams. You're maybe your best flavor you had going, but I think there's still enough here to be super successful. And I think something had to change, right? Because you had the best receiver in football, the best quarterback in football for three straight seasons, and they want to combine two playoff games. So that wasn't working. They had to try something different. They go on the defensive run, and we'll see if they can be a little bit better this season when it actually comes to push and shove in the playoffs. 
Andy, we appreciate the time today. Man, Keep up the great stuff, work. Andy. It's almost like you know about journalism and football, man. Good job. <laughs> I, I fake it really well. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.